0: Hey friend, so do you worry that the climax of your story is going to end up feeling contrived, either because maybe it's not epic enough or else because by the time you get there, it doesn't feel very natural based on everything you've written and everything you've explored thus far as you've written your story? So like, you want it to feel really epic and know that it's an inevitable end to your story, but you're not sure how to make it that way? I've gotten this question a couple of times and if you've ever struggled with this, this episode is for you. I'm going to go over four surefire ways to make sure that your climax feels inevitable for your story. Four different things to consider and ways to go about it that you can explore and make sure that your story is really cohesive from beginning to end so that by the time you get to that climactic moment, it just makes sense to the reader. Okay? Stay tuned. Hi there! Do you want to write fiction that readers gush about, but you can't figure out how to fill in the beginning, middle, or end of your story? I can help with that. Do you struggle to flesh out character or plot, or to stick with your story long enough to finish it? I can help with that. Once your book is written, are you totally clueless about marketing? Do you find yourself googling how to market a book or how to make money on fiction? I can help with that. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. You know you're meant to write fiction, but you can't seem to nail down the skills or processes that make it simple and repeatable, not to mention fun. So you wait around for the muse to show up, try to force your story into a template or outline, or take months if not years to discover your story. Plot twist, there's a better way. Hi, I'm Liesl, USA Today bestselling author, story psychologist, writing craft geek Christian, and story clarity coach. After 10 years of trying to master fiction using the old industry standard writing advice, I still felt lost. I finally learned what fictional storytelling and the human template are really about. Humanity, emotional connection, and serving our readers by giving them relief through vicarious experience. Imagine learning how to flesh out your characters, plot, world, and theme with such definition and clarity that every story you ever write lands with readers and makes people go, wow, now there's an author. Imagine knowing how to drill down to the heart of your story to learn what it's really about and tell the unique story that only you can tell so that you can get more readers, more downloads, more royalties, and of course, more fiction writing success. This is the podcast for you. We are prolific authors. Okay, well, first of all, let's talk about what is a climax or climactic moment. As with many things, there are a lot of authors out there who just think that the climactic moment is about high action. Now, you've heard me harp on this before. High action, and by that I mean, you know, running, jumping, fighting, sword fighting, fist fights, all of that. That's what I mean by high action. Um, It's not really what your climactic moment should be built on. And don't get me wrong, I know I harp on this a lot and so I don't want anyone to think that I am down on those things. Sometimes the high action is exactly what makes the story really fun to write and really fun to read. But all i'm saying is that your they should be an addition to any scene that just makes it fun and kind of ups the stakes and, and keeps the reader really engaged but they shouldn't be what your scene is built on any scene okay your climax of course but any scene okay because your your scenes need to be built on a deeper sense of story so your climactic moment even though we call it a climax and a high point it doesn't necessarily have to have that high action, although of course it can and often does, but that is not what really makes it a high point in the story. There are basically three elements that need to be present in order for your climactic scene to work, okay? So get out a paper and pen if you possibly can and write these down. Don't do that if you're in the car or something driving. <laughs> um, okay, so the first thing is that there needs to be a showdown between your hero and your villain or antagonistic force, whatever form that takes in your particular story, okay? So from the beginning of the story until you hit that climactic moment, you're kind of building toward when the hero is going to actually have a showdown with their arch nemesis, okay? That needs to happen in your climactic moment. Uh, The second thing that needs to happen is that you need to have a major character transformation for your main character, meaning either your hero or your heroine. I'm going to talk more about this in just a minute but if you have a dynamic character that is going to change and we all know that we need that in our story this is where the the biggest part of the change happens something needs to go on here that we see a major change in the character and it's going to happen somewhere around the climactic moment sometimes it happens right before sometimes it happens right during and sometimes it happens a little after but it just kind of needs to be in conjunction with the climax of your story we need to see that character transformation and the third thing is that the hero or heroine, the protagonist, their world needs to change in a big way. And usually these things are all very, very connected, okay? Whatever their character transformation is, that is going to change their world. And generally the catalyst for that transformation and change is going to come through the face-off with their, you know, arch nemesis, with the villain or the antagonistic force. So these things are all related. but. If you don't have them, you know, if any of these elements are missing from your climax, your story is going to feel like it falls a little bit flat at the end. So you need to make sure that they are all there. Okay, so those are the three things in my opinion that make a really good climactic moment. But why is the climax of a story so hard to write? As I said, I've gotten this question from more than one person and I know that it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And hey, I mean, I've been there. I when I, especially when I first was trying to do the end of my first series that I'd ever done, I realized that I had a fear of endings and I didn't exactly know how I was going to end things. It can be really hard. So why is a climax so difficult to write? Well, usually because our expectations are so high. We know it's the high point. We know it needs to be epic. We know that this is where our story is probably gonna be either made for the reader or broken for them, okay? It is a make or break thing. So that's a lot of pressure to put on ourselves when we're getting to the end of our story. But if you make sure that these three things are in your climactic scene or group of scenes, then you really are gonna have actually a hard time going wrong. But of course you need to set them up and um, you know seed them along the way in your story as well. Okay, but the next question is, even if you know that it needs to be epic, even if you have these three elements in some you know way, shape, or form in your head, how specifically do you create an epic climactic moment? Um, it can be really difficult and it can be somewhat intimidating. Like I said at the beginning, most people think that you just need to add in more action, add in more twists, you know, blow something up, something like that. And I understand why people think that. I mean, That happens in a lot of climactic scenes for different stories. We see it in the movies, we see it on TV, we read it in our favorite books. So we just assume that that is um, the way that it's supposed to be. But let me ask you this. Does every climactic scene of every story have all that kind of high action stuff in it? No, it doesn't. In fact, some of my very favorite stories, I'm thinking of a particular movie, has nothing like that in it. Um, I'm thinking of the movie A Few Good Men, which is based on a play. It's one of my favorites, and one of the reasons is because in that climactic scene, there's a lot of really interesting um, dialogue going on. There are arguments. There's like catching someone in a lie using dialogue. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me, and it's one of my favorite movies to watch. Okay, but there is literally no action in that scene. It is a courtroom scene, and yeah, people get a little heated. There's a little bit of yelling, so there's drama. There's tension, but there's not a whole lot of action. Okay. And that is actually one of the most successful and popular films of all time. Okay. It's very, very well known. It's the whole, um, you know, you can't handle the truth scene. If you've ever heard that line, that's the movie it comes from. So this is a very iconic mainstream pop culture sort of thing. Right. And guess what guys, no action in that climactic scene, none whatsoever. So clearly, it's not the action that makes the scene. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. You can definitely throw it in, and it's super fun to throw it in sometimes. But you need to understand the bedrock of your story to create your climax, and then you can add in things like action and explosions or anything else that you might want in there. So once again then, how do you make sure that your climactic scene feels epic? Well, there are several different ways that we're going to go over, but I'm going to give you two sort of magical words when it comes to story creation. Storycraft, you know, getting your story figured out. Two words, are you listening? These are very important. And if you use them in your storytelling, it's going to be a whole lot easier for you moving forward. The two words are reverse engineering. (laughs) If you want your story to feel cohesive, if you want to make it feel like, you know, you sat down at the keyboard, started writing in chapter one, and kept on going until the end of the last chapter straight through, I don't know anybody that actually writes stories that way, but a really well-written story will feel like that's what you did, like from the very beginning you knew what the ending will be. And I'm not saying you actually have to know that when you're writing it, but it should feel that way when you're finished. And reverse engineering is the key to making it feel that way. So once you have your climactic scene figured out, once you know how your character is going to change, once you've figured out the ending of your book, all you have to do is work backward from there your beginning should be 180 degrees from your ending so if your character is strong at the end they need to be weak at the beginning if your character is in love at the end they need to be either alone at the beginning or perhaps in a loveless or toxic relationship of some kind right um you just always need to make sure that that change is there but if you know where you're going to end up it's not that hard to figure out where you're going to start and then you can just sort of put. Um, landmarks in between and so that you're moving consistently from how your character is at the beginning or your world or whatever we're talking about um, until where it is at the end, right? So reverse engineering is very, very important. And that is one way in which you can make sure that your climactic moment feels epic and feels inevitable because if you started one way and you moved slowly step by step toward what's going to happen at the end, It just feels very cohesive. It feels like that is the natural thing to do and the story could not have ended any other way. So that's a big one when it comes to craft. Okay, but when it comes to actually, you know, what is going to happen in your climax in order to make it feel this way, I talked about four different things that you need to consider. And if you make sure that these are all in alignment, then you can't help but have a really epic and fitting climactic moment to your story, okay? Um, The first is what is known as cause and effect. When you write your scenes, you need to use cause and effect. And this is something that I teach. You need to make sure that one scene inevitably leads to another. That what happens in one means that the next scene could not have happened any other way. And this does take a little bit of work, okay, because this is the difference between writing a whole bunch of different scenes and just sort of stringing them together and actually using a cause and effect approach to your story so that it's like a domino effect okay one thing leads to another to another to another and there is literally no other way the story could have ended okay if you will do the extra little bit of work to do that then of course it's going to extend to your climax it will be the only way your story could ever have ended or been resolved so that's the first thing um the second thing are the stakes If your climactic moment does not feel epic enough, then maybe you don't have quite enough going on in your story. Now don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with writing a simple, uncluttered narrative, if that's what you want to write. But if your climactic moment feels like it's a little bit lacking, then maybe your stakes simply aren't high enough to keep the reader's attention. So let's look at an example. I thought about Moana. So at the end of Moana, the biggest thing is that she's going to be facing down this lava monster right that's pretty epic stakes it's a scary monster and it's much bigger than she is and much more powerful and all that but that's not the even the only thing that's at stake okay it's not just that she's facing down a monster it's that if she doesn't figure out some way to win her family is going to be in danger her island is dying and her whole way of life is being threatened okay so that's a whole lot more than just somebody who decides they want to take on a monster, okay? I mean, in another setting, that could just be a bravado, proving oneself sort of thing, and nothing wrong with that, but these are very high stakes. If she doesn't figure this out, people she loves and her whole way of life is in danger. Okay, so if your climactic moment is feeling like it's not quite as epic as you want it to be, if it feels like it's a little bit lacking, then maybe you need to consider ways that you could raise the stakes to make it that much more tense for the character and therefore for the readers and make them even more invested in your character winning because without that a lot's going to go wrong and of course your readers are invested in your character and want them to be able to win but if the winning isn't really worth the scene then at that point they're probably not going to finish your book and of course that's not what you want okay so make sure that your stakes are sufficiently high all right the third thing is your character transformation and i talked about this earlier we need to see your character change and grow. We need to see them overcome themselves in some way in order to overcome that villain or antagonistic force. Now, this is not something you should be starting to think about in the climactic moment. You should have this in mind from the very beginning of your story. As I talked about earlier, whatever happens at the end, your character should be 180 degrees in the opposite place at the beginning. So a good example of this are um, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. I was thinking about the first one in particular, which is called Batman Begins. It starts off with Bruce Wayne not being Batman yet, and he's very, very weak. He's weak physically, he's weak emotionally, spiritually, always, okay? He's, he's borderline pathetic at the beginning. And then we see his transformation into Batman. And of course, by the end, he is the very strong, powerful superhero Batman that we all know and love, but he had to start in a place of weakness in order to reach that place of strength. Another thing you can do is make sure that the reader sees a change in what the character decides. So chances are in this climactic moment when they are battling their arch nemesis in whatever way, whatever form that takes in your story, they're gonna have to make a decision at some point. And I think it's very effective to show them make that decision earlier on in the story, whether it's at the beginning or somewhere along the way. And then by the time they get to the climactic moment, they make the opposite decision. They make something something different. And it's because they have changed. That's part of their transformation. OK, so before I get to the final one, because I think it's the most important, let's go over those first three again. You want to use cause and effect to plan your story. You want to make sure the stakes are sufficiently high. And you want to show us a very obvious character transformation. But Out of all of these, I think the last one I'm going to talk about is probably the most important for making sure that your ending, especially your climactic sequence, feels inevitable and that the entire story feels cohesive, and that is this. You need to have an overarching theme in your story, and it needs to be internal. Okay, I'm about to get a little bit complicated on you, okay? The theme itself needs to be based in the character's internal transformation, but The most powerful way, in my opinion, to do a climactic scene is to show that theme in a physical sequence. Now I'm sure after saying that, that a lot of you are scrunching and thinking, okay, what the hell does that mean? Right? Well, I can't get into a lot of the detail of it in this, you know, quick tip podcast. So probably the best thing to do would be to use an example to illustrate it. So let's look at Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So. The way that J.K. Rowling wrote this and the way that they presented in the film version is that you actually get Dumbledore laying out all of the internal themes for Harry, but it happens when they're speaking in Dumbledore's office after the climactic sequence. And of course, the climactic sequence is when he does battle with the basilisk. So I'm probably not even going to remember all of them, but off the top of my head, some of the things that Dumbledore talks about is how Harry is very loyal to him and showed a lot of loyalty to Dumbledore in the chamber. And of course, you know, by contrast, Tom Riddle never showed loyalty to anyone but himself. He talked about how even though Harry has a lot of the qualities of a Slytherin, the reason you could tell that he was a Gryffindor is because he specifically asked the sorting hat to be placed in Gryffindor. So his choices were different than Voldemort's, right? So these are themes that JK Rowling wrote for Harry in this particular installment. But if you look back at the climactic sequence, we see them play out in a physical way. We see him being very loyal to Dumbledore. We hear him, you know, telling Tom Riddle that Dumbledore is a very powerful wizard. And, you know, we we actually see him being loyal in that way. We see that uh, Dumbledore's bird, Fox, comes to Harry to help him. And that would only have happened if he was very loyal. We see that he pulls the Gryffindor sword out of the hat and that would only happen if he was a true Gryffindor. So even though we may not be thinking very consciously about what it means when we're reading that climactic scene, the point is that these are themes for the book and for Harry and the way he's changed and what he's learning as he's growing through this second year of school and we see them play out in a physical way. So. Once again, you need those overarching themes for your story, and then you need to make them play out in a very physical way in your climactic scene. And if you can do that, your climax, I promise every time, will be epic. It will be perfect, it will be the perfect ending for your story that you've planned. It will work very, very well, and your readers will love it. Okay, so let's go over these one more time before I end. First of all, let's remember what makes a really great climactic sequence. It's not high action, although you can include that if you want to, and hey, I would encourage you to because it's just lots of fun. But your climax needs to be built around the showdown between your protagonist and their villain or antagonistic force. It needs to have a major character transformation in it that usually revolves around some decision the character has to make. And whatever that decision is, whatever that transformation is, it needs to change the protagonist world forever, okay? So those are the kind of the attributes of a good climactic sequence. But what are the things we need to consider in order to make our climactic sequence feel epic and also very fitting like it's completely inevitable and the story could not have ended any other way. We need to use cause and effect first of all to plan our story so that one thing leads to another and it's not just a random series of events strung together, right? Number 2, we need to make sure that the stakes are significantly high and that If it feels a little bit lacking, maybe we need to add some more stakes in there for the character. We need to see that character transformation. Um, We need to make sure that it's entangled somehow with the events of the climactic sequence. And finally, most importantly, we need an overarching story theme and to try and let that theme play out in a physical way in the climactic scene. Okay, so I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this gets your gears running about how to Uh, either finish or improve your most recent story or your current work in progress. Now, if you would like more help with actually still have a handful of slots open for coaching this month, imagine if there was a way to leave your fiction writer's block behind forever. A way to start, write and finish your story with confidence and clarity on what it is that you're actually trying to say. That's why I created Master Storyteller Coaching, which is where I help you explore and nail down the elements of your unique story. You will be able to finish your story without getting stuck or worrying that it simply isn't good enough or that you might disappoint your readers. You'll walk away with principles that you can use to write any story for the rest of your life that bangs on the inside of your head demanding to be let out, okay? So that you'll never get blocked again. You'll never have to set aside another manuscript because you just don't know how to finish it. So if you're ready to get really serious about your fiction writing and start finishing story after story after story, um, head to bit.ly forward slash story theme and you can book one hour of coaching with me now we're only going to start with the one hour it's not like a whole package or anything and the first thing i'm going to teach you is how to get that overarching story theme down because it really is the foundation of your story it will make the whole rest of your story so much easier to figure out and very very cohesive and very natural feeling everything we've talked about today um, that is why I talked about it and said it was the most important thing out of the four for making your ending or your climactic sequence feel inevitable, okay? So if you can get that story themed down, you're going to be golden. And that's what I'm going to teach you how to do. And my promise is that after 45 minutes with me, you'll not only get freedom from self-doubt and writer's block, but you'll also understand your story in a deeper and more thorough way than you probably ever thought possible. So once again, if that's something you're interested in, head over to bit.ly forward slash story theme. I will also have it in the show notes and book your spot before they're gone because like I said, I've only got a few more for this month. All right, I hope this was helpful to you. I hope you all have a wonderful week of writing. Get out there and write amazing high points and climactic moments for your story and for your readers. And as always, remember, there is always a market for awesome. See you next week, guys. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, can you do me a solid and share it with other authors you think might benefit from it? Remember, the rising tide lifts all boats. Also, if you haven't yet, would you be willing to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? It's the only way for me to know that you're enjoying the podcast and it helps Apple recommend it to other authors like you who might benefit from it. Finally, if you haven't already, hop over and join the Prolific Author community on Facebook. Inside, Authors Network ask questions and I often do teaching via Facebook Lives. Thank you so much for listening today. Happy story crafting this week. And remember, there is always a market for awesome.